we need to um, test the audio. So can you say some stuff? Good afternoon, Shannon. How are you? Woo! I'm <laughs> stronger than mom's intro. Mom said, why are you making me do this? <laughs> uh, how are you feeling, scale of 1 to 10? How am I feeling? Yes, 1 being I'm rarely upset, I don't want to be here, and 10, I'm thriving. Oh, I'm probably around an 8 or a 9. <laughs> really? I never saw a microphone I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, hello, 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 and welcome back to the SLP Corner Podcast. That was my dad on um, on the podcast that you just heard. You can tell the difference between my parents. One is an introvert and one is an extrovert. <laughs> because my mom's podcast will have come out before they listen to this. So they will have listened to mom two podcasts with my professor Stefka and now they're listening to my dad at the end of January. So, um, dad, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. I'm thrilled to have you on. I didn't, (laughs) I didn't think I would get either of my parents on. I got both. Glad to be here. Let's learn a little bit about you. Who are you? Where are you from? What's your background? So everyone listening knows because mom had been on the podcast a few times, but this is your first time. And is this your first time ever on a podcast? It's my first podcast. First time ever on a podcast. I feel special. Likewise. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, let us get to know you. So go ahead. It's all yours. So I come from a a family of six children. I'm the second oldest, the oldest boy. I uh, grew up in rural Ontario, a small town in in the Ottawa Valley, and um, I've come back to it. I, I live in the same town that I grew up in. I grew up in a family that ran their own business, and um, my uh, my dear dear wife Erin and I have taken that business over, and we continue to run it to this day. Mm-hmm. And tell us about your educational background. What is this mysterious business? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a drug dealer. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm a pharmacist. I, <laughs> after high school, I went to McMaster University, and, uh, and I took just general sciences. I thought maybe I'd be a chemistry teacher. I really wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. And um, just as I was heading off to McMaster, my dad, who was a pharmacist, and my mother was also a pharmacist running the business, my dad died. I was about, I was 18 at the time. So my mom never really ever asked me to get involved in the business or to go into pharmacy, but something deep in my brain must have uh, triggered something because I decided at that during that year at McMaster that I would apply to pharmacy school at the University of Toronto. And the way it worked back then was if you didn't go into pharmacy out of high school, you could apply to what they called advanced standing, and there were some spots that would open up in second year if people weren't fortunate enough to get through first year. So it was pretty limited. There was only about 15 spots or so, and um, I was fortunate enough to get one of them, so I went right into second year pharmacy. Had to pick up a couple of first year courses, but essentially I was able to do the program in three years. So finished that in 1979 and came back to and came back home. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you came back home and you started working at the pharmacy with your mom, right? And she was the owner of the pharmacy at the time? That's correct. My mom was the owner of the pharmacy at the time. My mom had founded the pharmacy way back in the 50s. And my dad had worked for a drug company for a little while. And then he came back and he and my mother ran the pharmacy till the mid-70s, 1975, when my dad passed away. So my mom uh, soldiered on with, uh, with six kids in the store. And I don't know quite how she did it, but she did it. So I became an employee and worked for my mother for a number of years until we purchased the business from her until she was like I'm over this 
until she was <laughs> she was uh, in her mid to mid sixties anyway, and I think she'd been working pretty hard for a yeah. long time, so she was ready to yeah to hand the torch over. Yeah, six kids and owning a business would be quite quite was, the experience. It was uh, it was a lot of work for her. I I don't quite know how she did it actually. I know how much work it is for Aaron and I, so I can't even imagine. To do it all by yourself and not have a sounding board, I think that would be very difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you took over the business and that's kind of what this podcast is all about. In SLP, it's so common and you know, I'm a private contractor and it's so common for people in SLP to become private practice owners. And there's lots of people who ask me questions about private practice and they'll say, what's it like to own a clinic? And I'm always like, well, I don't own the clinic. I'm a private contractor. So there's, so there, it's quite common and people have questions about it, but I thought, I think there are common themes surrounding owning a business, whether you own a pharmacy or you own a speech pathology clinic or you own a physiotherapy clinic. I think there's common themes with being a business owner in general. So I kind of wanted to get some wisdom from you because you've been a business owner for a long time. (laughs) We won't share how long. (laughs) I won't disagree with you. (laughs) So I think you have some wisdom to share that I think is transferable to a wide variety of business owners. And I also think a lot of what we're going to talk about today is um, really helpful for private contractors too, because I'm a private contractor. And so I might not own the clinic, but I um, kind of am my own boss with regards to my scheduling and my clients and things like that. So I think there will be a lot of themes that are relevant for private contractors and business owners. I think we should just start off with talking about pros and cons of owning a business. Okay. Um, Should we start with the negative or the positive? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's start with the positive. Okay. So what are some challenges that you think um, you faced and that people face when they're owning a business? Well, I think, first of all, you realize when you're going to run your own business that it's going to be a lot of work. But I don't think you really realize exactly what that means. And I, I don't think I realized what that meant. You have an idea of what you're doing as part of your profession, and you're really good at that. But if you've had no real managerial skill or if you've not taken any business courses, you're, you're, jumping, you're jumping into the water. And if you, if you can't swim, it's going to be a bit of a struggle. And I certainly found that the first few years. It was a lot of learning on the job. Uh, I didn't really, uh, I was a good pharmacist, but I really wasn't, uh, did not have the skill set to be managing all the finances and all this, uh, all that goes with with owning a business. I realized pretty quickly I'd better get up to speed. So what I did is about a year in, I went and took a week-long business management course for pharmacists. You just lived in a little motel for a week and uh, you had all kinds of CEs all day teaching you all the little things about running a business, which to this day was invaluable to me. I, I learned so much there and I made so many good contacts. There was only 15 or 20 people at this program and I think every pharmacist, everybody, a business owner should have a program like this. And I'd say I still stay in touch with probably two thirds of them. If I have a question about something, we're fast friends and it was really a great experience. So mm-hmm. that's, there's a lot to learn. I, I found that out very early in the game. Mm-hmm. Big learning curve. So big, big learning curve. Big, big learning curve. As an employee, you've never really managed a payroll. You've never ordered product. You've never managed inventory. You've never managed staff. There's, there's a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to learn. But it's great. Lots of fun learning it. It's nice being your own boss. I 
kind of like the fact that I'm not really taking orders from anybody. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe not for everybody, but I think it is for me. I like to, I like to be giving direction. I always felt I was that kind of person. Mm -hmm. Not that I didn't mind following direction from my mother. <laughs> that, and, I, and I have had numerous jobs through my high school and university career where I was an employee. Mm -hmm. And so I had a good taste of that. And I decided that this would be something I'd like to take on. I think it's so key what you said. And I hadn't really thought about it this specifically. But when you're a pharmacist or you're a speech pathologist or you're a physiotherapist, you are trained in a very specific area and you didn't go to business school. You're trained Correct. in pharmacy versus someone who went through the business program at UBC or the business program at Western, things like that. Then, yeah, sure, you're, you've, had, you've had a lot more experience with running a business and opening a business potentially, like accounting and marketing and all that. But for people opening businesses when they're trained in pharmacy or trained in speech pathology, the learning curve is like, humongous. So it sounds like a big con is the learning curve, pretty overwhelming to learn a whole new side of things. But it sounds like you use your resources and you'd recommend that probably. I would, I would certainly recommend that. There's lots of resources out there. You just have to use them. Mm -hmm. that, that's mm -hmm. the key. And if you don't use them, it's going to take you a lot longer to get up to speed. Yes. That's important. You have to take, take control of your destiny. <laughs> you, you clearly do. And, uh, and once you do, once you once you do this, then you have the confidence to go forward. There will always be challenges along the way, but as long as you have that baseline. Yeah. My other thing was you kind of covered a pro, and your pro was that it, it's nice to be able to be your own boss and to be able to make choices and to have that flexibility. Are there any other pros that you think have been key in you really wanting to stick with this? To target the direction that I wanted to go with the pharmacy, we took a store essentially and double the size in about 10 years because we wanted to do a lot of different things we had opened up compounding lab and we have a methadone practice and we did a whole bunch of things uh, we did a lot of blister packing and we had some nursing homes and we had a whole lot going on and if you're not really in charge of, of your business you really have no input into which way you'd like to go and I found that incredibly rewarding to delve into these new areas and mm. to eventually become known as the store Gee, if you want to get that made, you should call that pharmacy because they're the only ones that can do that within 100 miles of here. So that, that was very gratifying to mm -hmm. be able to take it on a professional level, to take the pharmacy career to another place mm -hmm. as well. So that, that was very, very rewarding. And it was also very rewarding to go from initially eight employees back in in the 80s to 30 employees now we've grown it immensely mm -hmm. and it's created a lot of jobs in our town so that that makes me feel good I'm really yeah. happy to contribute to that because small town has its challenges with respect to employment for sure so yeah it's nice to be part of the solution when I'm hearing you say this I'm just thinking business owners they have such a vision I find like as a private contractor, I'm like, woohoo, get to make my own schedule, like those smaller. But then when you get to the point where you're running a business and you have all these employees, you have a greater vision. And it's probably so rewarding seeing it come to fruition. Like if you want to be the only pharmacist with these specialized areas in yeah, your right. pharmacy, it's probably really nice to be able to take the lead on that and be like, no, I have control over this and I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I actually can because no one's telling me I can't. And no one's telling me that I need to check with five people first before I Yes, you're, you're, yeah, so true. It, it's risk-reward for sure. It's always risk-reward whenever you jump into something. You're not sure if it's going to be successful, but you, you research it the best you can. And sometimes timing's everything if you, if you get in at the right time. And certainly we did with a few of the areas that we got into in the business. And mm -hmm. 
there's, as I mentioned before, there's education out there. We didn't really know anything about compounding. So we went down to Houston and took a course for a week. And then we just kept going to courses all over the place mm -hmm. and learning how to do things. And, and as the staff got bigger, we were able to hire people with certain degrees of expertise in, in different areas. And the business just took off after that. Mm -hmm. So as you say, you need a vision, you need a plan, you want to, you need to know where you're going mm -hmm. and how you're going to get there. And um, mm -hmm. that's, that's rather important. What do you think when people say having a business is like having another baby? <laughs> well, it's all consuming. I, I would have to having a baby is all consuming. That that having four of them, I, I would have to agree with that. And certainly certainly a business can can take over and you have to be a little bit careful because it can become all consuming and um it's hard to as the owner it's hard to leave it at work and you find yourself doing a lot of work at home or going back into the store to do work. And I see this with all kinds of business owners. It's really not a nine to five job. It's not an eight hour a day job. Mm -hmm. And if you want it, if that's what you want, I would suggest don't own your own business because it's never going to be like that. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing this a long, long, long time and it's still not like that. And I don't expect it ever will be. And I, and I, and I knew it wouldn't be. I grew up in that type of family. I know what is, what is required. And um, I had lots of uh, phone calls with subcontractors when we were expanding the pharmacy at 10 o'clock at night because that's the only time they had time to talk to me about all these different things and mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I quickly realized that that it's maybe it is a little bit like having a baby and uh, you just have to work on finding a balance that's really really important yes and I, I actually want to talk about work-life balance because I think that you're actually fantastic at it. I think you're so good at work-life balance. I strive to be able to have a work-life balance like I've seen you have. Because anyone who doesn't know my dad, he's a marathon runner, a triathlete. He is an avid skier. He was at all my hockey games growing up, hockey coach, took me to soccer every week. Like, But then somehow you were at the... I'm just confused <laughs> because I was so young that I, I now like that I'm an adult and I'm looking back, I'm like, whoa, you had a, this business to think about and you worked so hard at that because then I also have memories of like, you had to run out of the house to go to the store because someone needed something urgent or you need to go to the store on New Year's Day for whatever. And you didn't, you know, so there's moments where I'm like, yeah, he definitely had this on his plate, but then I'm confused that you were able to prioritize like family ski trips and running marathons and doing triathlons. So what, like, how did you learn this type of work-life balance? Because I honestly think that that's a key reason why so many people are getting burnt out. And I hear SLPs all the time saying, oh, burnout, burnout. I'm exhausted. I'm, I want to quit my job. I want to, you know, they, because I feel like there's that balance missing. So yeah. do you have any advice for people either starting a business or really, I think this advice would just be for anyone who's starting work. Like what are the key takeaways for managing your work life and then your home life and being able to have a balance between it all? Well, first of all, you need a supportive family. I think that is critical. Certainly, I have a very, very understanding wife and she knows what I go through with the business and realizes the importance of a work-life balance. On the flip side of the coin, I realize what she goes, goes through, especially when the babies were really little and that's all consuming too. So we really have to look out for each other's others needs and just find time in the day for each other mm -hmm. and that's that is a bit of a challenge but 
I think it's critical that you work exercise into your day somewhere. It's it's really really important. If it's just if it's just all work, or if it's just all play, it just doesn't work. But it's it's the saying it's the saying. If you want something done, if you want a job done, just give it to a busy person. It'll get done. And I find that all the time. I see people that do all kinds of things. People look at them and say, well, how do they do that? And I see other people that don't really do anything really above and beyond just their regular job. I think the key is maybe turn off the TV. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I'm not a TV watcher. I don't have time to watch TV. I still don't have time to watch TV. And I don't really find it's really something that's important in my life. So I'd much rather go for a run or mm-hmm. or play pickup hockey or go skating down the lake or, like you say, just about anything. Mm-hmm. If you need to, just draw a pie and figure out how many hours you're at work and figure out how many hours that you think you can devote to whatever exercise or whatever it is you, you want to do. And then just make sure you have enough time for your partner and your children. And that's why I became a hockey coach. I I just thought, if my kids are in a sport, I'm going to be there anyway. So why not take an active role? So I just decided to figure out what was necessary to run hockey drills. And, uh, you know, I probably wasn't uh, Scotty Bowman. (laughs) But we had lots of fun and we won some games and we lost some games. And we had a great time. It was all wonderful. So you need to jump into a lot of different things. And I think it's pretty important for your business, too. If you're if you're an involved person in the community, it helps your business. People know you. And it doesn't matter if it's a small town or if it's Vancouver or if it's Toronto. People that are active and get their name out there, whether it's at a, at a hospital function or, or, or helping out, at volunteering for various mm-hmm. things, I think it, it, it uh, clearly helps your business as well as it... Uh, yeah. As well as it makes you feel really that you're contributing to your community. Yeah. One of my memories when you're saying all this is Kaylee, my sister, I've shared it with her on the podcast before. She's a doctor and she's very busy. And Kaylee always says, and it made me think of it when you said, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. She's just done a lot and she's very productive and I've said to Kaylee before I don't understand how you do all of this in a day back when she was in residency and all that and she said my days just last longer (laughs) (laughs) she said I just have more hours in the day I guess (laughs) my days are just stretched out and she's like my days are just longer and it's just funny because it's like (laughs) she's so busy but that's her mentality that's right it becomes the new normal if you're doing something that other people might think that's work in the evening and if you just embrace it, yeah. it's just it's just the new normal. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. They do work longer and they probably get up earlier. I don't, I'm not really sure. I've always been a an early riser. I always like the morning when I was running marathons. I'd make sure I got the run in before work. I put a shower in at work so I could run to work, have a shower mm-hmm. and change and start the day and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, you just have to find a way to make it work. You have to change your I have to's to your I want to's. So instead of ah. I have to work out today, oh, I want to run today because I'm going to be healthier. I want to run today because I want to do all my marathon. Or versus I have to take care of my kid. I want to take my kid to hockey because I want them to be a healthy and motivated child. There's so many benefits to it. And not only you spend time with your children and you're, you're actively involved with, with whatever they're doing, but you make a lot of great friends. And... They're all doing the same thing. When it's over, for me, it wasn't like, oh, great, now I don't have to run to the arena five nights this week. It was, gee, I really miss all those friendships. I really miss being out there with those kids. Much like you said, you just embrace it and enjoy it, and it's all kinds of fun, and you meet all kinds of great people. Yeah. So So much is your outlook. It's your outlook. Yeah. It's definitely your outlook. And what I also was hearing from you is like priorities. It's about your priorities, and if you prioritize health and fitness and prioritize family... 
you just have to name your priorities. I know mom gets so frustrated when people say, I don't have time. No, no, no. You don't want to prioritize it. And that's different than you don't have time. So I think priorities are important to consider when you're, especially owning a business. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're, you're right. Clearly have to prioritize. Yeah. yeah. And I liked what you shared about how your first, um, and I didn't let him prepare everyone, if you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I don't let my parents prepare because I want our podcast to be similar to just our discussions in everyday life because I get so much from them just from our conversations and I want it to be like that. So I didn't let him prepare and I was surprised. And also I thought it was nice that his first answer was a supportive family and a supportive wife and a supportive partner with regards to being able to have work-life balance in the first place. And I think that's so important when thinking about priorities, like a priority being a stable, safe, supportive family life as well. Not everyone thinks that way when they're thinking about business. I think that's the first thing you need to think of. I clearly do, because it, it takes a, there's, there's a price to be paid for the family too. There's lots of, again, we've talked about there's lots of benefits. And if you if your business ends up being successful, which we hope every business does, um, there's financial benefits, there's the freedom to go on a trip when you want to go on a trip and all the, and these types of things. So it can be very, very beneficial as well, but it's usually the result of hard work. What do you think of the phrase work hard, play hard? Background information as his daughter, he has literally said to me before, just study on the chairlift in Whistler. <laughs> 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 or you'll whenever I'm like, Dad, I have a midterm, but I also have to. I really want to go to Whistler. He's like, find time to study. There will be time to study on the drive. Go to Whistler. I know you value education, and I know that you think it's important to work hard and achieve your different education certifications and all of that. I know that about you. So it's not like you don't care about school. But you also are always the first person to say, oh go for the run or, oh, go to the Whistler. So what are, you, what are your thoughts? I, on I picked that up at a very young age from my dad. My dad was a very strong student in pharmacy right at the top of his class. He just volunteered this information to me that he was always made a point of having a workout every single day. Even when he was studying for finals, he said, I'd always take a break after a couple of hours and go for a run or do whatever they were doing back at uh, at the University of Toronto back in the, in the 50s. And he said it was the key to success. He really felt that you had to do some physical activity if you really wanted to be mentally strong. You just shouldn't look at a book for six hours or whatever. So so sure, I think you can head up the chair at Blackcomb <laughs> and uh, do a few runs and <laughs> work a little studying in at the end of the day. And I really don't see why that, that doesn't work. And it does work. It, it clearly works. It works. It works. It really works. <laughs> okay. Two last things I want to go over. One, I want to go over some thoughts you have on managing staff, because if you have a lot of employees, this would be more relevant for private practice owners. But if you have a lot of employees, I know just from working in various places and observing you and mom having to deal with various things throughout the years, it's not all sunshine and rainbows having a, a big staff. Of course, lots of personalities. What are some takeaways you've learned or just some pieces of advice that you have generally for managing a team of people? Well, there's no question human resources is, is probably the biggest issue that you would have as an owner. I, and as your business gets more successful, you have more employees. So you, as a rule, would have more issues or more, more ups and downs. Uh, retention is a big issue in, in every business, certainly in small towns, because the uh, pool of talent is smaller to draw from. So it's really important that you 
that you're very upfront with your employees, that you have a job description for your employees, that you follow it, that you you treat your employees fairly. You just can't forget that you're the boss. I, I think that's really important that they need to know that someone is in charge and these are the rules and this has to be done and this is the way your business operates. If you have problems with certain staff members, because if you're in the business long enough and you have enough people, you're going to have problems. And so you need to address them. You You need to be proactive. You need to sit down with people. You need to do performance reviews and, and do them seriously and make sure that they understand the expectation. And if everybody understands the expectation and they have the capability, then they'll, they'll do well. For whatever reason it doesn't succeed, you need to look at, did I do something wrong? Did I not explain this properly? Or are they not really interested in, in taking this to the next level? Mm-hmm. So I've had a bit of both. We've, we've had employees that just shine and then we have employees that, uh, for whatever reason, it doesn't always work out. It usually does. You like to vet it in the interview process when you're hiring somebody. So mm-hmm. you make your interview as uh, as thorough as you can and, mm-hmm. and try to get a good read on people. And Because mm-hmm. it's a little more challenging once you've had an employee for a while. If it's just not going to work out, then you have to let them go. And that's that's never fun. That's never fun for a person that's losing their job. And believe me, as an owner, it's the worst part of the job. Yeah. It's, just, it's just not what you want to happen. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes it happens. Yeah, yeah. And it's really important to have a, I didn't really speak to this, but it's really important to have a, a team even outside the pharmacy. We have an accountant that we, we lean on heavily for financial advice, and we have a lawyer that we lean on for legal advice, and they're invaluable. Mm-hmm. They're really, really important. These professionals all come at a cost, but it's money well spent. Outsource, people. Got to outsource. You can't do everything by yourself. Quote of the day, you're not an expert in everything. <laughs> That's going to lead to burnout real quick. <laughs> okay, to end the podcast off on, quickly let's discuss future planning. I think that a lot of people, when they're like, I'm going to start a business, they are coming from maybe a school-based SLP job where they have a pension or more clear-cut paths to their retirement in the future or what they're planning on doing. Maybe they know after this many years I'm going to get a raise, all of that. So just... Generally, when you're starting a business, what are some pieces of advice for planning for the future? It's, it's important that you do have a long-range plan, and it's important that you evaluate your plan every few years and just see if you're progressing the way you want to progress. As you alluded to, you're not going to have pension other than perhaps the Canada pension or if you contribute to a retirement savings plan. So it's really important that you look at that really, really early in the game and start doing things like that. So whether you need a financial advisor or you want to try and do that on your own, but you need some type of plan for, for the end game because before you know it, you're 60 years old and all of a sudden you're looking at retirement and you want to be secure in taking that step. So if you haven't started the planning when you're 30, it's it's a little late to start it when you're 50. Mm-hmm. So. Everybody enters into a business at a different stage in their life, but it's really, really important to look at the finances and see what kind of lifestyle you think you want to have and what type of profitability you need to get there and how am I going to do it? Mm-hmm. So just analyze that as best you can. And then hopefully at the at the end of the day, you have a business that you might transition into another family member or a business that you can sell. That's what you will try to do. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Do you have any final words for people entering into the private practice world, whether it be a private contractor or owning their own clinic? Just embrace it. I think there's nothing better than running your own show. It's really, really gratifying. It's incredibly rewarding. You can implement 
whatever you would like to implement. When you see the results with your clients and or patients and they know that their success or whatever has transpired in terms of uh, health outcomes is a result of things you've done for them. Mm. It's incredibly gratifying. And I think at the end of the day, that's really important that you feel rewarded for all the work that you've done. So I would just say, jump in, embrace it and work hard and you'll do well. What a note to end on. Thank you so much for coming on, Dad. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Shannon. <laughs> okay. We will see everyone next Monday, but maybe someone else wants to say we'll see everyone next Monday. We'll see everyone next Monday. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Bye.